The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to New Dimensions with your host, Rev. Nicholas Barrett. Our identities are not labels identifying who we are to others. Rather, they are found in God's riches, His likeness and character. We can discover our true selves and live the way He has intended for us to live. Now, here is Rev. Nicholas Barrett. Hello, it's Nicholas. How are you? Wherever you are in the world, welcome. Welcome to the show. We really are going out universally to probably about 60 different countries. We're all celebrating watching the unity of the Olympics, which is a great sometimes respite from our everyday lives, but it's about all the nations coming together for the purpose of showing what God can create through people. Um, He creates masterpieces, and what we really do is our gift back to him. We can choose to be indolent and sit on the couch and be abusive, or we can do something with our lives to make an impact. And it's, it's not necessarily the money you're making that you're making an impact with, but the success you have and what you choose to do with that. But we're on the Voice America platform and we're a show called New Dimensions. I believe we're going to light up some areas in your life today that will predicate you to see above the storms of life, above the clouds of the highest mountaintops with a new way of thinking that will bring with it a new way of living. My prayer is that you'll be both challenged and inspired to see that although you may not have exactly what you want in your life right now, that all you need is within reach. So we go out at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time here. These shows are available on the Voice America platform and then on iTunes. Any episode you want to get, or if you want to re-listen to these episodes, you can do that by going on to iTunes and putting in the show New Dimensions with an S on the end. Don't forget that S. But I have a story for us that will challenge us. It's actually related to the Olympics. It's a story that inspired me, too. I heard about a swimmer who was scared of water. He grew up in northern England, I think, in a town called Uxeter. He was a young boy. His name's Adam Peaty. You may have heard of him if you are following the games. You know, his mother put him in the bath as a toddler. He stood up and yelled, you know, at his highest voice. At a local swimming pool, his mother was so moved by his screams that she asked a friend to look after him instead. You know, the first time Adam Peaty's coach, Mel Marshall, watched him swimming, she saw a lanky 14-year-old boy with big feet and a horrible freestyle technique bumbling along in the slow lane at the city of Derby swimming pool with a bunch of 10-year-old girls. Oh my goodness, she thought, the former World European Commonwealth swimming medalist. She only agreed to take a look at him after meeting his mother at a coffee shop in the local town where he was living. Now he's 21 and expected to make the most significant male British contribution to the Olympic Games since Adrian Morehouse took, took actually gold 28 summers and six games ago in Seoul. In actual fact, Adam has done way more than that. He set the Rio 2016 Games on fire by winning the 100 metres breaststroke, not only in gold medal style, but setting a world record in 57.13. 
He also won a silver medal in the Team 4x100 medley relay. You know, when asked about his victory, he described it very humbly as actually being quite easy. You may be asking why I'm introducing this story. Friends, what thoughts you're letting into your mind that are telling you that you can't do something? It may be in finding a partner. It may be starting a business you've always dreamt of, letting go of your depression or anxiety, forgiving a parent or person you feel has offended you, losing weight, freeing yourself of an addiction and getting or getting healed from a sickness or just generally a lack of uh, purpose or a lack of belief in yourself. You know, your friends may be telling you, you can't do it. Your media may be telling you, you can't do it. But worst of all, your mind, because that's important. Nobody can tell you, you can't or cannot do something. It's your mind that will tell you. And life is probably yelling at you all the time. The committee of your mind is constantly debating. You know, that may be telling you no, but God is always telling you yes. So whatever you want to do, move forward. Jeremiah 29 tells us, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. So really the important thing is, who are you listening to? Do not listen to that. Listen to what God tells you. If Adam had listened to all the other things, he never would have made it. Now his future is great because God made him great, but also he didn't listen to all that stuff around. We must drown out that noise. I'm excited about the title of the show, and I love the name, Equanimity. And I'll repeat that because I just like saying it. Equanimity. What is it? Equanimity is a Latin word, equanimitas, having an even mind, equius, even animus, which is mind and soul. It's a state of psychological stability and composure, which is undisturbed by experience or exposure to emotions, pain, or other phenomena that may cause others to lose the balance of their mind. The virtue and value of equanimity is nowhere more extolled and advocated than in God's word. He created you in his image and likeness, and the very essence of that is to live full of your potential, full of your creativity, full of your peace, and full of your joy. Samuel Johnson defined equanimity as evenness of mind, neither elated nor depressed. In spiritual practice, equanimity is considered essential for both carrying out theological virtues of gentleness your contentment, your temperance, and also your charitable works, how you are towards other people, your deportment. But the power action in all this is how do we practice equanimity? It's calm, it's centered, it's balanced and mindful awareness of the impermanence of things, sensations you're getting, and your experiences. It's returning to centered living regardless of your external dimension or or external circumstance. You know, we often get so easily affected by our external circumstances and conditions that when things are good, we're positive and we're on a high. And when things are a challenge, we're negative, cynical, tired and angry. You know, that sounds like a lot of us. It actually sounds like me sometimes. You know, you only need to drive down the street to see plenty of that. You just see it in the roads or even the way people are talking and reacting. You know, as most of us live our lives by what we hear by what we see or what by what we feel, you know, we get rocked as the outside is in a constant state of flux and change. You know, I'm going to talk about the differences of being externally or internally referenced later in this episode. We're going to, you know, we're going to break some things off. So we're just not carrying the burden of ourselves. Many of us are carrying so many things, you know, our life has just become heavy. You know, the Apostle Paul, he wrote 13 letters in the New Testament, one to the church in Greece, Um, in Philippi. 
This letter was short. It was one of his shortest. It was about four pages, however, the most impactful. Paul wrote, in unusual circumstances, he was not in an office dictating to a secretary, but in prison, where he had a prospect of either execution or release. It was life or death. Yet with all that was set against him, he was a cheerful prisoner. As in, if his fate, he was to be put to death, he would be reunited with God. And as if he, if he were released, he'd be reunited with his purpose. So both would be a win-win for him. It's about perspective. Life is all about how we see it. If we know that the end is coming and we're going to God and we know what he's done, then we're at peace because we know that's eternal peace for the ones that follow. But at the same time, if we're released, we know we're going back to a purpose that we love being in a purpose that we're here and destined for. So let me take an overview. I don't have time on the show to study the whole of the Philippians, but an overview of the book. He basically forgets what's lying behind and strains forward to what lines ahead, the heavenly calling God in Jesus. So meanwhile, as he writes at the end of the letter, whether he has plenty or whether he's in need, well-fed or hungry, he will be content. That's in verse 4, 11, 12. So this sort of language resembles that of the Stoic philosophers of his time, but the difference is Paul and the Stoics was was God. Paul, the Stoics were building themselves, but he was in God. God was actually doing it for him, in him, and through him. So the Stoics depended upon their own resources. When we get separated from God and we try and do it ourselves, the reason why we find it tough is we think we're the answer. We think we can get the answer outside of us or we can figure it out or get smarter. But Paul had this God-centered living, which he can do all things through him who strengthens me. This is in, in the middle of that letter. So as long as God continued to be proclaimed, then he would rejoice and he would continue to rejoice. So the reader of the letter soon realizes how much Christ means to Paul by noting how frequently the word appears three times, for example, in the first two sentences and twice in the last three. So what this means for us is we need to decrease for God to then able to increase us. Whereby all the time the world is telling you we need to increase. I mean, look at the mess the world is in today. So much for the we need to increase theory. That's why everybody's trying to increase. And that's why the anger is going up, because they're trying to get their point across by increasing. So we have this constant tussle between the process and God. So we're the process and God is God. So there's a tussle between those things. And really, if you observe closely the works of God, you will perceive what may be called a leisurely growth. But this doesn't fit in with our natural human inclinations. We're visual and want everything to fit how and when we want it. And this here begins this tussle. We don't want to do the things in steps, but we want to do them in leaps and bounds. This is the dance between our finite selves and the infinite of God. We would be glad if we can have it all at once, the whole pile of everything of success all at once, but we can only become by process. And I'll repeat that. We can only become by process. But God, who knows precisely what is best for you and me, has determined against any sudden transition. You know, many of the most brilliant promises of the Bible, if you look, are made on those things. Those who wait upon the Lord. Sometimes we need to thank God for not giving us some of the things we're praying for. Very often we wouldn't be ready and some of those when we got them would take us out. I mean, this is really very real, but we don't think about it that way because we're so focused on the want and what we want. But it's 
when we wait upon the Lord. So that's why patience, they say, is a virtue. And it relates to this. This is a strength because what's coming's coming. And if you wait for it, it'd be like a Christmas gift coming to your house a month before. Yes, in our nature, we want to unravel it. We want to tear the paper off to see what's in it. Yeah, we'd like to know the story, but then we wouldn't need God because we wouldn't need faith. We'd know the start, the middle, and end of the story. I'd better tell you today, well, this is going to happen. You're going to die in 8, 20, and 25 seconds. It's going to be on the 25th of September, year 2020. So this would take out all of the needs we have. We wouldn't need God. We wouldn't be dependent upon him. We wouldn't need faith. We would just have, like going into a movie house, we'd know the entire plot and the end of the movie. We'd know Tom Cruise wouldn't be shot and he'd live to make Mission Impossible number 55. Let's look at the difference between, I mentioned, infinite and finite. Infinite is God and finite is ourselves. So we're finite. So we have a limited time here on earth. While God is infinite, and in that unlimited with limitless time, endless in space. So it's impossible to measure or calculate. The infinite mercy of God is never ending. So the closer we can embrace that our journey here in this world is temporal and that the main purpose we serve while here is to prepare to start our true journey, which is in heaven and in the unseen realm, the greater our joy while on this process. You know, it's the fear of losing that we allude ourselves to having what we have that keeps us in suffering. It's the fear of losing the life that we don't really have because it's temporal. The fear of losing the marriage, the fear of losing the house, the fear of losing our health, the fear of losing our bank accounts, our 401k, the fear of losing the love of someone, the fear of losing our children. This is always keeping you suffering, but that's really not our lives. That's the story. The life is you. You are part of all eternity. So, Psalm 90 tells us a thousand years in your sight are like a day that has just gone by or like a watch in the night. So what this means is this verse compares the eternal time of God to man's temporal fleeting time. That's why it's mentioned his thousand years in relation to a watch in the night, fleeting, temporal. A thousand years to us might be compared to the length of time in modern history, as in our human comprehension, that is likely all we can understand as an infinite amount of time. We can't get our heads around more, but to God, it's nothing, even as time already gone. So when a day is gone, it's past, and there is no way to draw a comparison with the time of eternity. And as a watch in the night, a time which is no sooner come that it goes, like a, you watch your second hand, it comes and goes, comes and goes. So a host of days and nights must be combined to make up a thousand years to us. But to God, that space of time doesn't make up a whole night, but only a brief portion of it. He doesn't think in, in terms like we do. He doesn't have a wristwatch. So I'm really trying to get this over to you, into your conceptuality, as the more you can acquaint yourself with this concept, the greater your quality of life. And I'll explain this more as we move along. Most of your stress is by causing you wanting outcomes to go the way you want and to be in the time frame you want. Actually, you put a due date on God's due season. You know, maybe I've landed the plane on the universal human condition. You know, God doesn't care about time frames. He cares about the seasons in your life. He cares about the process. So we need to move away from time frames. I know that's what we do, but it's what we do is wrong because we've been conditioned. And if it was right, we'd be feeling a lot better as a world than we are now. The evidence that it's not right is visible in, in everybody's behavior. So what keeps us stuck to having limits or bounds in our life? What, what keeps us trapped like this? 
attachments keep you stuck. Very simply, your attachments keep you stuck. When we're externally referenced, we have our identity in the things that we can see. It can be your job. It can be a person, a partner, a spouse, a relationship, children, your accomplishments, sex, a job, money, a bigger house, a vacation, etc. You know, all of these are great. This is a, a motivational piece I'm giving you. I'm not saying they're not good. All of these are great, but will not give me or you even a minute more of peace. They're all impermanent, transient visitors on the path called life. You know, they're all subject to flux and as such are subject to change at a moment's notice. It would be similar to building a large hotel on sand and expecting it to withstand the test of time. You know, yes, you may be okay for a while or for a while longer if one or even two of them are going the way you want them to be. But the moment something happens, which it will, if not today, tomorrow, or the next week, or the next month, you'll then be disillusioned again and needing to search and to start adding something to your life again. There'll be something amiss, and that's constantly what we're doing. This is why the use of Band-Aids are on the rise. And I'll explain what Band-Aids are. That's a metaphor. But we use antidepressants. We use drugs. We use alcohol. Pornography is on the rise. 47% of families and marriages are plagued with it. You know, anger is, is on the rise. And all of our too muches, you know, too much work, too much overeating, too much stress, too much Facebook, etc. I could give a whole list of these too muches, but I just don't have the time. You know, all of these are, are at historically high levels. So how does being externally referenced sustain itself? There must be a reason why it's sustaining yourself. You, your body, very simply adjust to suffering. It becomes conditioned to it. You know, pain and depression become a habit as they need to be fed to be sustained. You know, the more adjusted a person becomes, the more it becomes their default mode, the way they operate their lives out. And what re this really means is the more you do something, the more you need it. You know, you weren't born cyclical, jaded or negative or angry. You became that way by starting to do it, continuing that way, and then adjusting to needing more to feed it. And then that, that just became the default button that you live your life out of. It's not the real you, as you were born in God's image and likeness, but became jack, the jacked up version of you. It's like an Apple laptop computer. Maybe it came with a maverick operating system, and then after using it for a while, it was put on with a new system, an El Capitan. And this has changed its characteristics and the way that it functions in everyday use. This is the way humans, that's why humans are so messed up. We're born to be internally referenced, i.e. in God and being in his spirit, that we got changed, we changed our operating system and became externally referenced just due to living. So you may ask, what's the solution? You're telling me all this, these things, Reverend, what is the solution? Solution's one word, peace. Our greatest need is an overriding thirst to find a state of peace. The dilemma is that we have been conditioned by society that the solution to this need is by adding something. Adding something creates a feeling which is a feeling, meaning it's conditional. While being is a state, it's a quality of you, a quality of your soul and spirit, which is renewable and free of external conditioning. So we need to break off the conditioning. Isaiah 26 tells us, you will keep in perfect peace all you who trust in you and all those thoughts are fixed on you. Your peace is dependent on your lens. So very simply, what are you looking at? You know, we're all thinking and searching 
things are going on constantly in our mind and then the blur it brings about. How can we have the full presence to connect to God with all of this going around in our mind? It makes it very hard. So to have a relationship with God like any other, you have to connect to it and a relationship to God will give you and it will afford you equanimity. So you need to get out of your mind so that you're no longer searching for the next thing. So we need to train the mind to give it the best shot at life. You know, many of us edit God down to our perception. We make him small, but then expect him to do the big. So it's a state of oneness and presence. What is it? It's a peace that impacts your entire way of life. Peace cannot be in what happened in the past or in the future, as you can only connect to it in this very moment, in the present. So how we feel in the present, in our relationship with it, is how really the quality of our entire lives are. What is your relationship with the present, friend? How do you feel at this moment? The chances are if you slow your mind down, there is a lot of dark. You know, we numb ourselves with Facebook, with TVs, we're staying busy, as this keeps us moving hypnotically away from thinking what's wrong in our lives. For example, some people had a painful childhood. That's many of us. So we become, we associate our home that we then have in our adulthood with pain. You know, we have a home that's organized with things in piles. This can be exhibited or manifested in piles of clothing, piles of boxes. Nothing really appears settled as they don't want to feel the pain. So they organize their home to look impermanent. And I know I'm speaking to somebody here. This message is for somebody. They're mostly out as they spend little time at home as possible. This is often, it's an unconscious behavior. They don't realize why they're doing it. They're just doing it. Their mind is going and they're following on a leash. They're going into protection mode. Pain is painful. And basically we want to do things to protect that pain. And when they are home, they're on Facebook. So they always need to stay busy, not to slow the mind down as all the pain lives there. The pain is always in the present as yesterday's gone and tomorrow's not yet covered. However, the root cause of the pain is always through the past exposure and your conditioning from that exposure. So how you are is determined really by how much you feel you need to add to the present moment. As this is a sign that you're not whole in a relationship with God, he will complete you. So there'll be little feelings of loneliness, of desperate sadness, of regrets or a need to escape your life. All of these feelings, the amounts of needs we have within those feelings are sourced in a desire to fill something that we perceive is lacking within us. Of course, it's great to have dreams and goals, but that is different to a need we have, which can be expressed by an activity in us led by the mind, which is always chasing after something. You know, the next thing, the next thing, the human condition is the need for more, whereby the being mindset, the equanimity mindset, is that I am supplied with all that I need as I'm connected to my source, which is God. Remember, we're driven by two things. Number one, running out. And number two, not having enough to make the distance. John 4.14 tells us, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. These words are empathetic as exposed to this water. It's not an external supply which must be sought after to meet the reoccurring physical want, but it is the inner never failing source, the fountain of living water, which satisfies every want as it occurs. Um, He who has it, therefore, will never thirst. So coming from the source of life, it issues an eternal life. You know, you are not your life. Many of us think we are. We are our lives. But 
you are life. So you're not in the universe. You are universally in totality, in oneness. We are about to take a break. It's been great having you. Um, it's exciting times. I've got a book coming out, as I said, with the affiliate of Random House that's coming out on September the 6th. You can get a hold of me on Twitter, PT Nick B, and I will connect with you on there. I post a lot of encouraging things for you. Um, it's really great to have you, and I thank you for your time. I know time is valuable to you, and I thank you for making this time, whether you're live or whether you're getting on iTunes later on today or in the weeks ahead. God bless you. I'm really doing this to try and help you. God's put it on my heart to really use my life to impact and help people for trials and tribulations that he's helped me with. And it's a gift really back to him and back to you. So we're about to take a break and I will see you in the next segment. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Where can you listen to some of the world's top life coaches ready to share success tips and entrepreneurial guidance? The Voice America Empowerment Channel will do just that. Hear about personal growth, building a better business, inspirational life stories, and personal branding. You'll find it every day at VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. How do you define work? Is it that mundane Monday through Friday place that seems to be sucking a third of your life out of you? Or have you made it a place of personal fulfillment, achievement, and purpose? If you are looking to make your work life the latter, tune in to Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. There are all kinds of inspiring work life stories told by people who have made work something to look forward to every day. Working on Purpose can be heard every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are tuned in to New Dimensions. To reach Reverend Nicholas or his guest today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to nbarrett28 at yahoo.com. Now, back to New Dimensions. Welcome back. I hope you had a great break. Thank you for coming on to the second segment. We, we have a show. It's a long show. It's about an hour, but we need usually five hours. But the great thing about iTunes, you can access this show anytime on iTunes. Just put New Dimensions and you'll get right onto it. And I really feel this for you, friend. Wherever you are, we mentioned the Adam Petey story at the beginning. Don't let your mind run you. Focus on what God says. And if you wake up, somebody asked me why I enjoy doing what I do. Yes, it's hard to go counterculture. It had been much easier to stay in my business that was for the last four years that was, you know, I would have made over a million dollars probably in the four years, but it's not about that. And I tell you what, if you get up and even though you'll have fluxes and the world will be angry, that's, we're going to change it bit by bit, but what will it, our surroundings are there. But when you have a burning desire and it's no longer a burden to do what you're doing, but your heart is pushing you forward, it's a chance that you're aligned to God. So 
the purpose is always greater than the inconvenience. I'm really speaking into someone's life. If your purpose is God's purpose in your heart, no matter how inconvenient and how many things you've got to break off, that purpose will be more. Just like when Jesus went on the cross, the purpose was so great that the excruciating pain was no longer important. That's the whole essence of it. When you're going to the next level, if your circumstances are greater, it's not God's purpose. But if your purpose is greater, forget about the circumstances. So push on, friend. So we've been talking about equanimity, how we're not going to get rocked when things outside of us change. We want to be on a solid rock so that we're staying constant when all is moving around. And we're, we're talking about techniques, how the mind has formed this, how we're tussling between God's season and our due date. And when we're talking about water just at the end of the first break, what this really means, this metaphor means, is that if you're tuned into your source, you have a power outlet that will sustain you. Just like when you plug your cell phone in to be recharged, you're aware of where you're plugging it into. So we need to get aware of where, what we're reading, what we're hearing. We have two ways of assimilating, either our sight, our vision, what we see, and what we hear. And how we're living now can only ever have been affected by what we've seen with our eyes or heard with our ears. I mean, it's that simple. But to talk a bit more about you as not being your life, but life being you, you are in totality with every bird and, and that flies and every stone that hits the water and makes an impact. You are part of the universe, not an individual in the universe. You are in, in it, oneness. So you're perfectly made with a unique plan and purpose for your individual life, with everything you need already mapped out and available to complete your life successfully. You're a prototype. You may see yourself in different terms because society has encouraged you to view yourself through your labels. These can be included. They could be successful, unsuccessful, rich, slim, poor, overweight, accepted or not accepted, judged by the job you do. So when we're bound by these norms, we're a spectator in our life waiting for some new solution to bring you what you need. When you conform to the mind, you will always be separated from God as you'll be living in your life and not be life. So living this way can only perpetuate a barrier between you and God. To connect to being, and this is essential for equanimity, you need not to see yourself as an individual, but as I say, in the entire cosmos, in unity, that all that was, all that is now, and all that's yet to come. Revelation tells us, Revelation 1, I'm the Alpha and the Omega, says God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. So we are in that. We are part of that. We're part of that creation. So we need to disconnect. Very simply, we need to disconnect from the mind. And I'll explain this. We go into our patterns of thinking very often in our nature that something is wrong. Um, in our propensity of, of our nature, we're always looking for something to be wrong. You may hear two people talking and one of them will say, well, there's a phone call for you. And immediately we think, oh boy, what's wrong? Or the credit card companies on the phone, what's wrong? Or one of our children's called from school, what's wrong? Even news reports, you see people walking past televisions and cameras and they are um, involved with what's going on with the media. They're involved with the problems of it all. So when we identify with problems, we identify our lives with a problem. So then our life becomes a problem. You know, you, you may ask a person how they're doing and you get this kind of response. It happens to me sometimes. Not too bad, or I'm hanging in there, or anything new. 
You know, all of these are examples of the burden of self. We get weighed down by our story because our mind is always in the story of what may happen, what could happen, what should happen, because we view ourselves as the circumstances and problems in our life, not as the spirit being that God created us in being. That's how he made us. He made us in his likeness and image. But we need to take the tape out of the head and, and put something new in. I'm trying to paraphrase this in a way I could go a lot deeper, but in a way that we understand this worldwide. So Matthew 11:28 tells us, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest from your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It repeats it a second time because God knows sometimes we need to go through things again and again and again until we realize we're not doing things. All of a sudden, we're putting a hand in a flame you feel the flame from the oven and ah, it's that feeling of the burning feeling. Well, that's a warning mechanism to take your hand away from the fire. Very often God gives us circumstances as a warning mechanism. It's a warning mechanism to distract us. So we get back on track. Many, many things come up in life that are a distraction. We could get maybe broadsided by a car when we're text messaging, but we don't get hurt miraculously. And that could be to say, you know what, you may get killed next time you do that. It could be making a text message, taking a text message to someone when you're married. And for some reason, that person doesn't respond to your text message. And if they did, it could have ended up in a, an affair that broke your marriage and your family apart. So there's many things that come that we need to be aware of that are to wake us up as, as alarm signals. So they, God knew the problem all along. Weary and burden. He knew that we'd be carrying all our experiences. What happens is we start living every experience we carry. It's usually negative. We stuff them into our suitcase, which is our story. And we're constantly going back to refresh our mind and feed it with all of these things. The way to break it is to move away from it. I'll explain you a little bit more how we're going to do this. We must learn not to carry the burden of our life because then our life becomes a problem. We've connected to a problem. So the identity of life is a problem. So life stinks. Life is a problem. The way to do it is, is these feelings will always be there. We're not going to suddenly get away from the feelings there. The problems of life will always remain, but we don't have to get sucked into it and find our identity. You know, the story can be coming on, but you don't have to run with the story. Because as I say, again, if you can emphasize, you are not your story. Your story is you. But you are life, not the story. You are life, not the story. So when you get into these feelings, feelings of, of well, maybe something's wrong with this person. Something could be wrong with this situation. Something I need to change because that's how the mind will operate. I'm probably going to do another show on this, but it's going to be constantly operating off the feedback of the story that it's in. What you've been feeding in all these years that has grown to this negative movie script that you're listening, the mind of the committee. It's constantly. So what we need to do, we need to distract it. The mind can be reprogrammed. It was Remember, it was reprogrammed the first time you started living this way and you just continued doing it because everybody else around you is doing it. The media is doing it. Friends are doing it. And then your mind starts doing it. So we're all doing it. You know, the lemmings. Um, lemmings that just fall over the cliff. They're all following. We, we don't have critical thinking. We need to get much more critical thinking. Best way to do this is to look at something bigger than yourself. You can go when these feelings come up, you can go for a walk. 
If you live near an ocean, you can go by the water. If you don't live by water and live by a mountain, you can go to a mountain. But if you live in an inland area and all you have is a recreational green with a tree, that tree's creation, just start to look at the textures and colors and features of those things, and that will begin to slow the mind down. So you'll no longer be in that story. Yet the story was there, but you're not, no longer a part of that story. You don't need to join in the conversation with all the negativity that's going on. So you need to separate yourself from that. And the more you do this, yes, I still get exposed. Even after working on this you know, for 10 years in psychology, I still get exposed to it. And sometimes I can feel I'm getting drawn to it, but I know how to divert it. And I'll divert it by you know, listening to praise and worship music, reading the scriptures, even looking at textures of things in a room. Look at the texture of your coffee cup, of your laptop, of your cell phone or your pen. And that will divert your mind away from being sucked into your story. We need to disconnect the mind from the burdensome energy. In actual fact, what will happen with all this energy when you redirect it, you'll get tremendous presence. Things will seem much brighter again. The flowers will be brighter. The birds will be louder. Everything will have a presence to it because we're away from this blur. And blurred living, if you ask many people what they've seen today, all they know is the problem of the job or the problem with the sick mother or the problem with the life. And they're constantly trying to busy themselves, as I say, to get away from that pain because, you know, the present is painful. The present is painful, but it's about working it for you. That's how you change it. We change through perspective. We change through awareness and working the current situation for us. And, and that's what God says. If, if, if he is for us, what can be against us? But what I love about the human operant, operant manual, which I call the Bible, just like your car has a manual, God gave us a manual. He knew all those things. That's why he said your life will be a burden. Your life will be heavy. Give me your problems. Let me carry that burden. He knew how from Exodus to Canaan, I know I've mentioned this story before, but it relates to all of us, how an 11-day journey takes 40 years, just because the human nature is such that doesn't afford us the best, but we need to really work it so we can have the best life possible, best life possible for, for us. We're about to take a break, and in the actually the final segment, which is the first segment, I'm going to talk more about takeouts, what can we really do to get into a better place um, some simple takeouts have a great break and i will talk to you in the next segment Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Are you happy in your life, or are you just settling? It's time to speak out, take control of your existence, and let your life speak. Bart Queen is the host of A Hero's Journey. His personal goal is to help you find your voice, use that voice, and live the life that you deserve to live. Do more, be more, and give more. Tune in to A Hero's Journey on the Voice America Empowerment Channel, live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. You owe it to yourself to tune in and make your voice count. Women in Sport has come a long way in a reasonably short time. 
In the 1950s, most women's sport was casual, recreational competition, followed by snacks or a light lunch. Today, women's sport is competitive, powerful, and in the mainstream. Whether it's collegiate, Olympics, or professional leagues, tune in to Women and Sport The Long Road Up, where you'll discover the path that women's sport has taken over the past 50 years and more. Featuring your host, Carol A. Oglesby. Listen Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America. Empowerment. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to New Dimensions. To reach Reverend Nicholas or his guests today, please call in to 1 888 346 9141. That's 1 888 346 9141. You may also send an email to nbarrett28 at yahoo.com. Now, back to New Dimensions. Welcome back to the third segment. Uh, I don't say final because this is the first. We can either re-listen on iTunes or take away with notes what we learn. What we learn only becomes wisdom when we put it into practice. But we've been talking about equanimity, how that's living in a calm-centered way, regardless of what's happening around us, because what's happening around us is always changing, but we don't want to be hostage to what's happening around us. And Many of us are hostages because we feel trapped. We feel that we can't get out. Um, we become, uh, we live trapped in a toxic box of our human story, which is our life, and uh, it eludes us to appear that we seemingly can't escape out of it. We feel we can't escape because we haven't been elucidated. We haven't done any critical thinking. We just become, we just run with it. You know, many people say, well, it is what it is, and I'm just running with it. Life is life, you know. Ah, it, it is what it is. No, it's not what it is. God gave you far more. The enemy, very simply, if you're recharging yourself through the world, which is separate from God, you'll not get the best of your life. I mean, a life without God will be a tremendous struggle. And I've really been through the valley, and that's why my heart was fired up. My dad died tragically. My mother, I flew to London from uh, Los Angeles. She died in my arms from a coma, blown up to 300 pounds from an infection. I, I could barely. And you know what? I knew God had me. He had my back. And then I went through a rift with family and then stayed on course with prayer. My family now is united like never before. My business completely fell four years ago off being number one what it was, and then I started really pushing in more in my pastoral role. And then I started off this new ministry. So it's all working for you, friends, and nothing will stop you. As I say, when your God purpose is greater, no circumstance will take that away from you. What God has already appointed cannot be disappointed. You need to just build up your faith. And I'm spending this time really to build it up. So we've been talking all about the fluxes, why we struggle, why we put a due date on a due season. God operates on seasons. And the reason is we are finite. We have a limited time period and God is infinite. So he's limitless in time and space. He has it all. We talked about the watch, how we time things by a watch, actually the Bible did. And then how he does things in, in, doesn't even do things in thousands of years. He does things in seasons. So we need to retrain ourselves to know that it's the journey. It's how you end that counts. We need to minimize. We need to have tools to minimize our conditioning. We've been conditioned a certain way by living, and we need to develop tools to decondition ourselves so we become purposeful and we become equanimous. We become 
part of the world. So we're in being and we'll live free of stress. We'll still have stress, but it'll not control us. We'll still have anger because that's an emotion God gave us, but that not it will not control us. So all of these feelings will be there, but because our identity is in God, like the Apostle Paul, we'll no longer be consumed by them because we're consumed by God's plan, which is eternal life and a purpose that we're doing. So really, we want to make sure where we're referenced. We don't want to be attached to things we own because they're an illusion. Yes, my father owned a lot, but when I saw the coffin just with a body in a pinstripe suit, that is what we're going home with, friends. That is what we have. Here is an illusion. It's actually a training ground because we spend far more time in the unseen realm. And even for non-believers I may be talking to, you, you choose to believe in something. But if it's bringing you not the best of life and if you're stressed out, maybe try something else. And that message is, I love all people. It doesn't matter. I'm not all four things that are going on in the world, but I love all people the same way because I know we're all the same. It doesn't really matter. All 7 billion people are from one source, just like an Apple iPhone. They all look the same if they're a certain year or certain model. We are the same, but in our mind, in our stories, we've created this separation. We've created this division, which has created this tussle. And I don't know about you, I got tired of struggling and tussling, and that's why I ended the struggle, and it's no longer a tussle because I'm on a season, not on a due date. I'm not doing things. You know, for four years, I haven't taken a paycheck, but I'm going for the long run. I'm focused on the goal, and the goal is to make an impact with with God's people. So very simply, you need to be goal-driven. You need to be eternally driven, not temporarily driven. And a house can be, there's a fire at the moment here in um, California, actually it's in Nevada, that's destroying homes. What you see in the scene can disappear, friend. What you've seen in the unseen will always be with you because you're going to the unseen. So greater is the unseen than the scene. But we put so much attention on the scene that it destroys our lives. So we need to use this as a tool. And I used anger and I used being connected to having to have someone in my life, having to date the best looking girl or own the best car. I use those as tools. Actually, God uses those as tools to get us back on track. So don't see something you're experiencing as against you. See your digression as progression. We want to all progress to equanimity. I'd love all of us to. That's my prayer, that we could all get equanimous to be in love regardless of circumstances, to be kind to people regardless of circumstances, to be generous, to be kind-hearted, not to be toxic, not to be cynical, not to be negative, not for looking to feed on porn or drug addictions. All these things break my heart because I know God wants so much better. So the takeouts really is when you live in truth, life will flow through you with revelations. So it'll be revealing as you go along smoothly with your purpose. You know, you'll stop striving and struggling. Instead, you'll be thriving because you'll no longer be struggling to get the things you need to fill the, the peace. And I asked a friend of mine who's a very, very wealthy man, I think close to a billionaire. And he said, you know, the thing I can't buy, Nicholas, is peace. I, I can buy everything else, but I don't have peace. I don't have peace in my home. I don't have peace with my ex-wife. I don't have peace with my current wife. I don't have peace with my Lamborghini because I just can't seem to buy it. And I explained to him, let go of the pride. Let go of the trying. I said, do as much as you can do and then watch God do what you can't do. 
And then he came back to me. I didn't see him for a couple of years. And I, you know, I cried when I heard this. He said, you know, you changed my life. I'm now married. I'm having a child. I was going to commit suicide. Now I've totally changed the way I see things because you gave me a perspective, Nicholas. You gave me light in the forest when I could see only my story. So we need to, someone needs to put light in the forest, light in your story. You can be all that you need to see. So you need to see more of what is already great around you. Nothing will change around you, but the way you see it. And you'll find most of the answers have already been revealed. The story's eluded you. It's all a lie. So in simple terms, this is the choices we have to make. It comes living in a separated individual state or a life connected to God and source. So it means letting the pride go and, and exploring. Is this going to be better? And, and if we're not feeling great, chances are our focus is on the wrong thing. And I'll say that again. If you're not feeling great, chances are your focus is on the wrong thing. You need to change your focus. So separation, what this really means is a life separated, individualistic. It's a life bent on struggle and isolation. You can only be struggling when you're in a story and you're separate from the universe. When you're in the universe, you're complete. You're part of it. You're no longer suffering. And then the latter is one on purpose and surety. Like Paul, if you know your destination is the parking lot in heaven, right? You know that's where you're going. Then you know your purpose is here is to prepare you and to do the best you can with the tools that you've been given. That's why the five, the two, and the one talent. Remember, I've mentioned this before. The one who buried the one talent was foolish, God said. Go away, you stupid servant. But the one that multiplied the two to four and the five to ten, it's doing the best with what you have, but also focusing on not on the flux. We have a choice daily. We have a choice daily. I could do things really much easier to do things my own way, to start dating again, to start driving crazy again, doing things freely without being God conscious. So we either separation or unity. It's, it's a choice in the freeway we have every single day. So if we're not feeling good with what we're doing, very simply, we made those choices. We can change them. You know, we're a person, human beings are sensory. You know, they have the senses. They smell, they hear, they feel, and they see. So the unity intertwines everything into one single manifestation. So nothing will take away from you because they all exist as part of you. It's really been blessed sharing this time with you. And I'm working on another episode for next week calling. I think it's it's getting my getting my groove back or getting my bounce back. It's just really how we're gonna get back to feeling feeling good, feeling positive about life. A lot of the problems with life are in the mind. It's not really the problem that's the problem, it's the mind in the problem. That's why it's so important to really be aware of the mind needs feeding. So whatever you're feeding it will need to keep reoccurring. And that's how depression sustains itself because it needs to be fed. That's how anger feeds itself. It needs to be fed. But when we're aware that we've created these things in our story and in our separation, then we can learn how to break them. We can go on long walks. We can listen to inspirational music. We can look at the mountain cliffs. Or even, as I say, if you're in an urban area and all you have is a tree, look at that tree. Something outside of ourselves will take us outside of our story, very simply. Just like we want to clean a, a pair of shoes, we take something outside of it, which is the polish, which will clean them up and make them like they were. So we need to look at something bigger than us. 
The world is not the story, but the story very simply becomes so big that we're taken by it. We're gripped by this story. We're all stuck. And I, I see friends of mine who are not in God, and they're just, it's so sad to see that. Their, their pride is high, but at the same time, they're just going through life trying to just find, trying to just find. The answer is there all along. I need to decrease so God can then increase. Look, I spent 30 years messing around trying to do it myself. And I'm telling you now, friends, because, you know, I really do love you. I don't want you to waste time. The best way to learn mistakes, learn through other people, then you'll save time. We only have so much time here because we've discussed we're finite. We have a limited time here, but we want to enjoy this journey. So by learning mistakes quickly from other people, we don't make them ourselves. We need to just, just study how people are behaving, how they're interacting, how they go to the story. Oh, what's wrong? Let me fix this. You don't need to. Just let them be you're a part of it all. We don't need to control to fix or change. We just live out our lives the way we can, which is in love, which is in bringing people up and giving them words of life and encouragement. Because, you know, encouragement is the global, it's a global need for encouragement. People are very down. So never grow tired, really, of, of, of spreading your light because in due season, you'll reap a harvest. And, you know, you may not get all the things you want here, but you know what? As you're going to spend most of your life not here, wouldn't it be better to have the treasures in heaven? You know, it's been blessed sharing this time with you today, and I really do thank you in your busy days for making this a part of it. Please visit um, iTunes, New Dimensions. You can view this show again or read this show again. Buy the book, Get Out of Mind Jail. It's on Amazon. It's worldwide from September the 6th. I think there's a 50% incentive now if you kindle it if you download it on kindle thank you foremost to god for giving me the desire the wisdom and the heart to do this there's a lot of other things i could be doing for a paycheck but you know what it's not the important thing the important thing is the purpose you know i hope really most of all you've been challenged and inspired and uplifted to live in equanimity or to challenge your way of thinking or to challenge your story or to challenge your patterns to have a greater life, a life not that you want for yourself, but a life God that would want for you. Remember, his ways and thoughts are higher. His love is here today, yesterday, today, forevermore. So it's been great sharing with you. Look out for the next episode. Let's get our bounce back. Love you all, and I will talk to you in the next show. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of New Dimensions. Please join Reverend Nicholas Barrett again next Wednesday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a blessed week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. When you make decisions, do you ever find yourself in doubt? Are you trying to figure out what's right with you? Are you ready to truly change your life? Listen for the access.